0: So the, the resurrection, the account of the resurrection is actually something that's, met, that's mentioned in all four of the Gospels. You can find it in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke. But this morning we're going to be looking at, at it in the Gospel of John. And so John chapter 20, we know that today is uh, the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Uh, traditionally it's known as, as Easter Sunday, right? But uh, that's the, the title that the world gives it, right? But, but a lot of people celebrate Easter and we don't know what's, what's behind it, the origins behind it. Right? Growing up, we go to school, do the little uh, Easter egg hunt, and you grow up with this, with the, with this idea of what, of what Easter is, but yet we never learn the origins of it. And so that's what we're studying this morning is, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, Easter Sunday or, or, or Resurrection Sunday. It is the day that changed the lives of so many around the world, even to this day. You know, this, this event continues to change lives all around the world, even to this day. I mean, so impactful it was this day and was this event that it even, it, it even is used now to record time. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this, right? But it, 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 uh, secular, the secular world uses this event to record time. We're living in the year 2020, uh, yeah, 2022 A.D., which means, you know, Anu Domini in, in the year of our Lord, right? Before that was B.C., before Christ. And so some, some would have been realized that, that even the world uses this exact date the, the the resurrection of jesus christ and his is birth and resurrection to record time and so it's, it's a day that's impacted the whole world around us the bible tells us that the, that jesus was betrayed by judas on friday and then wrongfully tried and convicted uh it records for us the night of jesus arrest and we're told that he was brought before before annas and caiaphas which are two high priests. And then we're told that, that he was brought before an assembly of religious leaders called the Sanhedrin. You can read, read about that in chapter 18 of the Gospel of John. And so we see that Jesus, before he was crucified, he was brought under three uh, religious, uh, religious trials, right? Three Jewish religious trials. Two before the Sanhedrin, and then, and then I mean, one before the Sanhedrin, and two before the uh, high priest, right? And then the Bible tells us that after this, he was taken before Pilate, who was the Roman emperor, the Roman governor at the time, I mean. And uh, then we're told that he was sent off to Herod. Herod didn't want anything to do with them. He sent him back to Pilate. And then Pilate finally, you know, he, he gave in and he convicted him. And so we see that that, that, that Jesus, before being crucified, he, he underwent a series of trials. Six trials. Three religious trials and, and, and three uh, Roman trials. And all in the middle, of every single trial, he was being dragged from, from person to person, from place to place. Beaten, spit upon, uh, uh, mocked, rejected. Uh, I mean, all these things, Right. He was brought before six trials before eventually just being tried and convicted, falsely tried and convicted. And so we're told that after he was taken before Pilate, uh, the Roman governor, we're told that, that, that Pilate sentenced him to death, right? After that, after that, that sixth uh, Roman trial, and got, uh, the Gospel of Matthew records for us there in Matthew 27, 24. It says that when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all against the crowd, but rather that, that a, a, a tumult was rising... We're told that he took water and he washed his hands before the multitude saying, hey, I'm innocent of this man's, of this man's blood. You know, I'm innocent of this, of this just person. He says, you guys deal with them. Pilate understood that, that Jesus was innocent, that there was nothing uh, to try him about, right? He was an innocent man. He was a just man. Uh, after he, after he spoke with them, he went out to the crowd of people who were, who were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And he said, hey, I find no fault in them. There's nothing wrong with them. He's saying, man, he sounds a little crazy. He's saying that he's a king and that his kingdom is not from this world. But I I see nothing wrong with him, right? There's there's no fault in him. But yet the crowd just began to just yell even louder, crucify him, crucify him. And so Matthew records for us that finally Pilate, after not being able to to make sense to to the crowd, not being able to speak to the crowd. He just says, all right. He takes a little bowl of water. He washes his hands in front of all the people. He says, look, man, I'm innocent of this man's blood. He says, yeah, do do with him whatever you want. And he said, crucify him. And so they did, right? And we're told that after that final trial, Jesus was given over to the crucifixion. He was mocked. He was beaten along the way. And he was made to carry his own cross all the way up to the place of his death, to his death a place known, known as Mount Calvary or Galgotha. And by 3 p.m. That, that, that Friday, by, p, by 3 p.m., he would be saying, it is finished from the cross. And he would give up his spirit, dying. Luke twenty three fifty record records for us, and it tells us that a man by the name of Joseph from Arimathea went to Pilate after Jesus' crucifixion and asked if he could dispose of Jesus' body. He took it and he laid it in his own uh, brand new unused tomb. And that's where they laid the, the body of Jesus. Right, All that happened on, on, on Friday, Saturday, probably the saddest day in the world right, for all his followers, for everyone who was, who, who was uh, uh, placing their hope in this Messiah, and this Jesus they were hoping that Jesus would come and He would set them free from the Romans, that He would establish His kingdom, that He would uh, uh, be this, this religious uh, leader to them, right? And all of a sudden, their hope uh, is is dying on a cross. So that Saturday passes, and then we pick it up uh, Sunday morning, which is what we celebrate today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Something That, that none of them expected to happen, even though they should have. And so John uh, chapter 20 records for us. And it tells us this in John chapter 20. It says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the, tomb, that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran, and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and, and we don't know where they have laid him. Now, we'll stop right there. We see that, that the Bible tells us that it was the first day of the week, meaning that it was, it was Sunday. Right. The first day of the week being Sunday morning Mary runs to the tomb To finish preparing the body for burial uh, This is actually a work that was started By, by a, a, a religious uh, uh, leader Named Nicodemus And this guy Joseph of Arimathea They started that, that Friday evening But they didn't get to finish it The Bible records to us, uh, for us That as Jesus was crucified when, Again when he died They went to ask for the body And traditionally uh, the Jews And, and even other uh, ancient people groups they have this, this practice of, of embalming a body, right? They would put all kinds of spices and, and oils on the body before they wrap it like a mummy and, and prepare it for, for burial to, in order to, to, to preserve the body. And so these guys started to work on Friday evening when, when Jesus died. But because it was already late, you know, they didn't get to finish it. Saturday was uh, for the Jews, what's known as the Sabbath meaning They couldn't do any type of work. And so they, they, couldn't, they couldn't continue on with the, with the embalming process that Saturday. So they had to kind of just wait till Sunday morning. So, and so we see that Mary Magdalene, uh, first thing in the morning, as soon as uh, many believe it was 6, 6 a.m., because that's when the, when the Jewish day starts from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. As soon as it was 6 a.m., that's it, you know, the Sabbath is over. She runs to the tomb to, to finish this, this preparation of the body, and she finds out that the tomb is empty, right? And so the other Gospels tells us that, that Mary wasn't alone, um, that, that that morning at least three other, other women were with her. <laughs> and coincidentally, they're all named Mary's. Right, but this Mary Magdalene was, was the first one that, that was at the tomb. She was the first uh, one who reported it to the disciples. And so she's the one whom, whom the, uh, the author of the Gospel of John uh, mentioned for us, Mary Magdalene. And we're told that Mary runs to find Peter and John and tells them what she saw. She's heartbroken. She's in shock. She's in awe. She's, you know, all kinds of questions are going through her mind. There she goes, you know, and she, she just witnessed her, 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 her Savior uh, crucified a couple of days earlier. She goes to the tomb and all of a sudden... His body not there. And, and this huge stone that covers the entrance of the tomb is gone. Right? And so she finds Peter and John. She, tell them what, she tells them what's going on and what she saw. Now, interesting that, that this shouldn't have come as a surprise to them. Since Jesus had already warned them before, before His crucifixion, He had told them that He would be raised from the dead on the third day. On many occasions. On one occasion there, Mark 8.31, we're told. It says, And He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things... And then be rejected by the elders, and the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. And after three days, rise again. Even at, and even just a few days before that Friday, uh, that, that, that Monday, before the Friday that He was crucified. He was with, with His disciples, and Matthew tells us, there in Matthew 20, 20, 17, it says, Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road, and said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man, speaking about Himself, Will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock, uh, and scourge him, to crucify him, and the third day he will rise again. But yet we see that for them, seeing that 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 brutal uh, betrayal and death of their Messiah and friend was just too much to bear. It's like everything that Jesus had warned them about or or prepared them for, it just went out the window when they saw their their Messiah crucified right right before their eyes. Like all hope was lost, all sense was gone, uh, all understanding was was out the window. They had forgotten his words. It's like as if we're seeing them being and, and, and dying on the cross, right? It's like they lost all sense of hope. And they were completely hopeless. And so they should have they should have expected this, but but again, in a moment of desperation, it just it it, it it was gone, right? And so verse three tells us, and Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking inside the tomb, he saw the the linen cloths lying there, yet he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and he believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. And verse 10 says, Then the disciples went away to, uh, again to their own homes. And so we're told that, that, that now we see the disciples at the tomb. Now not all of them went to the tomb. When Mary went back and gave the report, Hey, his body's gone. He's not there. The, the, the stone rolled away. Something's going on. Come help, come help me. Come see. Right? We're told that she only goes to, to Peter and to John. And so Peter and John go running to the tomb. John records first That he was faster than Peter He outruns Peter Makes it to the tomb first Right And as he gets there first He doesn't go all the way in He just sees from a distance Oh man He's, he's not there He's kind of just Peeking inside But when Peter comes in He's like John get out of the way He runs all the way inside And he sees right he, And he notices That the tomb is empty And so we're told that They get to the tomb But they see no body But what they do see Is, is the cloths that, that Jesus was wrapped in Lying there Just folded neatly Right now, seeing the empty tomb and the linen cloths lying there folded neatly, uh, they still couldn't piece together what what had happened. Right, but they knew that something extraordinary, something supernatural, something uncommon had happened. Because I mean, we've all seen pictures of, of mummified bodies, right? Or even seen mummies in real life uh, or movies. And and just just how, how, how they wrapped the bodies—that's how Jesus' body would have been wrapped in, right? In a linen cloth, uh, filled with the spices, then then wrapped in a linen cloth. And so in order for somebody to remove that cloth, they would have either needed to, to, to cut it right down the middle or to rip it open. But when they got to the tomb, they saw the, those cloths that, that Jesus was, 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 uh, was wrapped in just folded neatly, untouched. So it's like they got there and they recognized, man, something's off something's here, something's, something weird's going on. But we're told that, 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 that they did not know the scripture yet, that He must rise from the dead. It's not that they didn't know, it's that they couldn't comprehend it, right? They couldn't connect all the dots. They were wondering, man, what's going on here? And so verse 11 tells us, it says, But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And then she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And verse 13 tells us, Then she said, they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she, supposing that 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 she supposing that him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, just tell me. Tell me where you've laid him, and, and, and I'll take, I'll take him away. And verse 16 says, Jesus said to her, Mary and she turned and said to him Rabboni which is to say teacher she said teacher is that you we'll stop right there and so we see now now Peter and John they go home they get to the tomb they see yeah it's it's just as Mary had said the body wasn't there but yet those those cloths those linen cloths that that Jesus was wrapped in were laying there neatly folded but the body wasn't there and so now they didn't do any type of investigation they just recognized man something's off here they went back home, probably pondering, probably thinking, you know, probably trying to uh, come come up with a, with an idea of what to do next. They went home, but Mary stayed behind, right? So she didn't want to see anybody. She didn't want to talk to anybody. She didn't want to, you know, give anybody a report. She didn't want, she didn't want anything to do with anybody else. She, she just wanted to stay there and, and, and weep, right? She was mourning. And so as she is weeping and, and looking inside the tomb, we're told that all of a sudden two angels appeared to her. And they asked her, hey, what's wrong? You know? I think this is amazing because uh, you know Mary was just in such anguish you know, and, and such desperation that she didn't even realize that two you know, divine beings, heavenly beings, are, are there with her inside the tomb. She wasn't able to recognize it. She's, there's these two angels speaking to her. All of a sudden, they appear out of nowhere. And she's just so caught up in her emotions, which is, I mean, it, I think it's a commendable thing, right? I mean, it shows how much uh, she loved the Lord. It showed uh, her devotion to the Lord. That she was just weeping. She was weeping. While everyone else was at home talking about it, doing whatever. She just wanted to be there. You know, where where, where she knew that he was at last. I love this about Mary. Right? We have a little bit of background on on, on this specific Mary, Mary Magdalene. The Bible tells us in the the Gospel of Matthew that this Mary Magdalene, when she first met Jesus, she came to Jesus. And the Bible tells us that she was possessed by seven demons. So she had a hard life. You know, these demons just took over her life. You know, they were, uh, I mean... We don't have any details, you know, but but I mean meant to be possessed by seven demons. The most evil, wicked beings, you know, that you could think of, and they're possessing her body. So she was probably convulsing, probably, you know, all kinds of stuff that was going on with her. And so she comes to Jesus in that state, and Jesus cast out these demons from her. And she was forever grateful. Right? So she began to to follow Jesus after that. And so it's this Mary, I mean, her devotion to the Lord, she knew what what Jesus had done for her, right? What Jesus had done in her life. So of course all she wanted to do was just to be with them. You know, she he had set her free from, from, a, from what was was binding her, from what was, what was tormenting her all her life. So she, she, her, her life was just a, a life that was just completely devoted to Jesus, to the Savior. And so we're told that as she's there, these two angels appear to her. They say, hey lady, what's wrong? Right? Oh, oh, why are you crying? She was just too caught up in the moment, right? She was too caught up in hey, my Savior, my Lord, He's gone. And then we're told that all of a sudden she sees a third person. And then she hears a voice asking, Woman, who are you looking for? Now, the Bible tells us that Mary saw Jesus, but she didn't recognize Him. She talked to Him. She thought He was a gardener. She, she said, it says that her supposing that He was a gardener, says, Hey, man, if you're taking His body, just tell me where, where'd you put it. Right? I'll go pick it up. You're just tell me where it's at. Right? She didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Now, we don't know if, if, uh, if He looked different or if maybe, uh, maybe He just disclosed his, his appearance to her at that moment. But for whatever reason, uh, she didn't recognize him. We, we have another instance of this in the Gospel of Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, we're told that once the Lord was resurrected, after he appeared to Mary, we're told that he appears to two disciples on, on, on the road to a city named Emmaus. And as these two guys are walking, two disciples are walking, Jesus all of a sudden appears to them. They didn't even recognize him. You know, we don't know, if, again, if he maybe looked different, if he, kinda, their sight was just uh, close to that at that moment. It was something supernatural. We're told that as these two disciples Are walking on the road to Emmaus They're talking amongst each other And Jesus comes up and joins the conversation He says, hey man, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, what? Are you new here? Or are, you, are you new in town? Are you a, 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 a pilgrim? A sojourner? Haven't you heard what's been going on? And Jesus says, no, what's going on? He says, well, there's this Jesus of Nazareth We thought He was the Messiah We thought He was going to deliver us We thought He was the King of Israel Now all of a sudden they, they give Him up to crucifixion and the, and the Romans crucified Him And He's dead And now we don't know what to do And then Jesus Again, them not realize that it was Jesus, he begins to... The Bible tells us that he opened up the scriptures to them. And starting from the Old Testament, begins to point out every single scripture that was prophesied about him. Right? And about his crucifixion. He gave him like the best Bible, the most ultimate Bible study in the world. Right? Imagine getting a Bible study from Jesus in the Old Testament. So, oh yeah, see that verse? That was about me. Remember that? Yep, that's talking about me. And so he begins to give them this Bible study from the Old Testament. Pointing to all the scriptures that were talking about himself. And then we're told that these guys, again, they didn't recognize it was Jesus. Then they invite him into their home, and, and as he was eating with them, we're told that Jesus takes the bread and he, and he breaks it open. He breaks it apart and he blesses it. And at that moment, we're told that their eyes were open. They're like, oh, it was the Lord. And he was gone from their midst. Right? And then they were saying, man, I knew it, man. Didn't your heart burn when he spoke to you? When he was opening up the scriptures? Wasn't your heart burning? I knew there was something about him. And, but we see that, that the Lord was, was, was gone from their midst. Right, And so we see that, that Jesus is now in his glorified body. And again, for whatever reason, he was able to, 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 to conceal his appearance to Mary, to his two disciples. And so Mary, she, she, she sees him and she thought he was a gardener. He says, just tell me where he's at. Now, there she is, right? In her desperation, not able to recognize Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus says her name, Mary. Now, it's at that very moment that Mary realizes that the person who's talking to her is the Lord. It's the Lord Jesus. I love this. I love this because in her moment of complete desperation, she needed to hear the Lord say her name. You know, reminding her that hey, that, that, that he's still in control. Reminding her that, that he still sees her. Reminding her that, that all hope is not lost because that's what she thought. Right? I love that because... Sometimes for us, too. I mean, that's all it takes in our lives. When we're going through something heavy, when we're going through a trial, when we're going through something difficult, I mean, what I don't, well, sometimes what we don't need is someone coming up to you and is quoting all kinds of Bible scriptures, you know, someone uh, giving you a word of encouragement. It's like, man, what I need is, is, I just want to hear the Lord say my name. I just want to know that God is with me. I just want to know that God sees me. I just want to know that God hasn't forgotten me. I just want to hear the Lord say my name. Right? And and for Mary, that's what she needed. She was in her moment of desperation and she couldn't comprehend anything. But it wasn't until she hears Jesus say her name and her eyes are open. She says, Lord. Right? And so there in verse 17, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and to your God. And verse 18 says, and Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples and she had, that she had seen the Lord and that He had spoken these things to her. Now, that we see that as Mary realizes that it's the risen Lord, man, she clings to Him. She, she grabs onto Him. She hugs Him. and She doesn't let Him go. That's what we're told. When she clings to Him, it means that she holds onto Him for dear life. Lord, it's You. Right? Now, some people, you know, they, they get tripped out on, on, on this story, and on this verse. But, I mean, imagine how she would have felt that moment. Imagine... Imagine for one of us, you know, imagine if, if of, a, of a loved one or a close relative passes away, and then it's like you 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 see them pass away, right? You know they're gone, but all of a sudden they reappear, and it's like, oh, he's not gone. What would you do, man? I mean, I would cling to him. Oh, you're not gone, right here. I don't want you to go anywhere, right? You don't want you, you don't want to go through that pain again. That's what Mary was experiencing, right? And we see that 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 Jesus sends Mary to the rest of the disciples. He says, hey, don't cling to me. You know, there's, there's still work to be done. Mary was holding on to him for dear life, and she didn't want to let go, and Jesus says, all right, Mary, uh, we still have work to do, right? In other words, that's what, she was, that's what he was saying, don't cling to me. I say, we still have work to do, Mary. And so we see that Jesus sends Mary to the rest of the disciples uh, to tell them the good news. Now, this in itself is amazing. We could read through this and, and, and overlook this just huge uh, uh, example of God's love and grace and mercy. Because culturally, at that time And even in some places today In the Middle East I mean uh, we've, we've seen uh, You know What happened in Afghanistan Once the US uh, 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 Retreated Right that, that the Taliban came in and they, they instituted Sharia law And we see that In a lot of places In the Middle East Women have no say They have no rights uh, All those women who 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 were in school? Who were, you know uh, had professions, who had careers? Now all of a sudden, you know that that, that, that the, ta- the Taliban took over. And now they're under Sharia law. They have they have no say. They have no rights. They're like third-class citizens. And, and this is something that they say themselves. You know, they say that, that now they're on the same level as a dog. I mean, their their writings, their teachings, their books teach that. You know, if, if a Muslim man is is, is praying and, 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 a, and a and a woman passes by, you know that all of a sudden their their prayers are hindered and they have to start all over. It's like, this is the way culturally they, they, they see women. And for the Jews back in the day, I mean, it wasn't to this extent, but the, the, the testimony of a woman was not accepted. Right. And, and to see that Jesus appeared first to a woman is culturally just like upside down. We see like this is the grace of God. Right. Because the Bible tells us that now there is neither you know, man or woman or Jew nor Greek nor Gentile, but all are one in all and, 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 and Christ is in all. Mean that God is not a respecter of persons, right? He doesn't hear my prayers more because I'm up a, I'm a here or, or, and, and yours less because you're down there. No, no, we're all equal in the Lord's eyes. I mean, none of us has this special access to Him. Man, he could, He'll listen to me, you know, anytime I pray, He'll listen to you anytime you pray, right? Not because I'm up here teaching and not because, you know, you're doing whatever. It's like, no, God, for God, there's no, there's no distinction. There's no separation of persons. He's not a respecter of persons. That's what the Bible tells us. But this is amazing because, again, Culturally at that time, you know, it would have, I mean, for for him to show himself to a woman and and to send this woman to go and to give the good news. um, I mean, it actually would have weakened the credibility of his claim to the resurrection. Hearing it from a woman, ah, what do you know, right? And so this is actually something that that a lot of people have have criticized, you know. uh, critics of the Bible uh, uh, Other religious critics of the Bible they, they, they criticized the Bible And they criticized Jesus' claim to the resurrection Because it came from the mouth of Mary Magdalene Right this Mary Not just a woman But this woman with a bad reputation She was demon possessed By seven demons for most of her life But yet the Lord used this woman To go out there to tell the rest of the guys Hey Jesus is alive I just saw him I just talked to him I was hugging him He told me let me go Right So this is amazing it's amazing, you know, that the Lord didn't appear to John, you know, the guy who called himself the, the apostle whom Jesus loved, right? He didn't appear to, to Peter, you know, the guy who Jesus said, hey, upon, upon, upon this, I'm going to send my, upon you, I'm going to send my, 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 my church and the gate of hell will not prevail. He didn't appear himself to James or to Nathaniel or to, or to any of the other guys, but he, yet he appeared to this Mary Magdalene. He said, all right, go tell the guys what you saw. Go tell the guys that I'm risen. This is amazing, and so it goes on to say there in verse 19, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, so still Sunday, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst, and He said to them, Peace be with you. When He had said this, He showed them His hands and His side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. In verse 21 says, So Jesus said again to them, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and, they, and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says to them, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, then they are retained. Now, notice that, that, that Jesus now appears to the disciples. He sends Mary ahead of them. He says, all right, go tell the guys, you know, I'm back. She goes, she tells them, you know, and they're probably questioning her. They're talking there months and months. it Can it be true? Peter and John were like, no, no, we're just there. He wasn't there. I don't know what's going on. Is this true? What's going on, right? Now, all of a sudden, we're told that, that Jesus appears in their midst. And when He appears in their midst, how does He find Him? Well, it says that they were assembled together for fear of the Jews. They were scared. They were scared. I mean, they just saw their Messiah crucified, right? They just saw what, what, the, what these religious uh, leaders and what the Roman government did to their Messiah, to their fearless leader, to... The guy who a few days before had gone into the temple uh, made, made a cord, of, made a whip of cords, and began to drive everyone out. The animals, uh, the religious leaders who were taking advantage of the people, and they, now they're seeing this, this their 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 Messiah crucified, right? Being beaten, being being uh, uh, betrayed, being humiliated. So they were scared. They're like, man, we're next. Right? They for sure thought, alright man, if they got to Him, they're going to get to all of us now. They know we've been following Him for three and a half years. They know our names. They know what we've done. Right, They, they, they know that, that we're there with them in the garden. They're scared. They knew they, they know that they're next. And so we see that the Lord finds them assembled together for fear of the Jews. Now, Jesus knew their state. Right? He knew they were fearful. Uh, he knew they were worried. He knew they were hurt. He knew they were broken. And it's at this moment that He appears to them. I love that. Because that's, I mean, speaking about the resurrection and about the Lord, that speaks volumes to us. Because He knows when we're hurt. He knows when we're broken. He knows when we're fearful. He knows when, 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 when we're worried. He knows when we're hurt. He knows all these things about us. Right? And that's when, when the Lord wants to just make Himself known to us. He says to Him, uh, peace be with you. Right? Now when they were glad with them, that when now they were glad when they saw it was the Lord. It was a risen Lord. Amazing. Right in our in our times when when we're going through all these things too, the Lord wants to just show up in our lives, right, and and, and allow His peace to just to reign in our lives. Paul tells us there in Philippians four six, 3, 6 seven, he says, uh, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, when, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." The Bible tells us also in Isaiah twenty six three, it says. Uh, now uh, you will keep him in perfect peace Whose mind is stayed on you Because he trusts in you right? God's desire is that we would experience this perfect peace That, that, that only the Lord can offer And so we're told that that, uh, again, that the Lord just appears to him out of nowhere right? Now interesting that the, that the writer of this gospel John He makes it a point to, to, to mention That the doors were shut He says hey the doors were shut And Jesus just appeared there in, in the midst Imagine if we're the disciples and we're here, all the windows are closed, the blinds are, 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 are shut because we don't want the, the guys to see us. Right? I know they're looking for us. And all of a sudden we're right here talking about the Lord and boom, he appears. Hey, what's up guys? That's, that's what happened. Like they're just talking amongst themselves. They're fearful and all of a sudden the Lord appears. And John tells us that the, do- that the doors were shut. And all of a sudden Jesus was just in the room. We see that Jesus is now in his glorified body. Right the, the the glorified body of the Lord was not subject to natural laws and it wasn't a spirit either it wasn't like he wasn't like a ghost right a lot of people think that he was like they, that when he was resurrected it, it wasn't a physical resurrection but we see that the resurrection of Jesus was a physical resurrection there's a big uh, organization out there known as the Jehovah's Witnesses that teach that, that, that Jesus didn't resurrect in, in, a, in a bodily form, in a physical form. They reject the, 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 the divine resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they say, no, he resurrected, but in a spirit form. But no, we see that, that it was a physical form, right? He, it was a glorified body. He was not subject to natural laws anymore. He could appear and disappear, right? He could uh, be with the guys on the road to Emmaus and then be with these guys now at the house. And then we're told that he appeared to some uh, 500 people afterwards. But yet, yeah, it was a physical body. Right? We're told that when he appeared to them, he says, look, he, he showed them the, the wounds on his hands. He said, he said, look at the wounds on my hands. Look at the wound on my side. Later on, he's going to tell Thomas, hey, Thomas, look, put your finger on my side. And Thomas is gonna be like, oh, what the? It's real. <laughs> right? And so it was, it was an actual physical resurrection. It wasn't a spirit. There in the Gospel of Luke, Luke 24, Twenty-four we're told, it says, But they were terrified and frightened. When, when this happened, it says that they were terrified and frightened. And they supposed that they had seen a spirit. And then Jesus says, Behold my hands and my feet, that it's me. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. And the, I, I say this, you know, to say this. Because it's important that, that we understand this and that we know this. and That, that we know what the Bible teaches us. Because we too are promised a new body at the resurrection. Because Jesus resurrected from the dead, what that means is that He has, he has victory over, over death, right? The fact that He resurrected from the dead means that, that He overcame death. There's this, there's this movie, uh, it's called At the End of the Spirit, uh, which, which records for us the, the story of, uh, of five missionaries who went to, to uh, the Alca Indians in, in Ecuador around the 1950s. And so when he went to, to these Indians, right, they didn't have any sense of uh, religion. Of, they didn't know who Christ was. They, didn't even, you know, right, they spoke in a different dialect. And so these missionaries, they went out there and they wanted to, to share Jesus with these, with these Akka Indians. And as, he went, as they went out there and they shared with them, these Indians had this story. And, and, they, and, and they, they had this story, you know, of, uh, uh, of, of this, of this boa of this bowl constrictor, this huge bowl constrictor that, that lived in the river. Right, and every once in a while, the boa constrictor would, would would eat the kids, or you would eat somebody swimming in the river, and they would say, "Man, no one's ever been, been able to to, to to defeat the the, the boa, right? The, this, the great python." And for them, like this, that was like their their idea of death. Their idea of death was was, was you know being being eaten by by the, the boa constrictor. And then when these missionaries came to share the gospel with them, you know uh, they spirited to death. And these guys, you know, they were able to, to, to see them, you know, they had like this, this, this spiritual vision of, of them in the afterlife, you know, the resurrection. And, and they said, hey, they, 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 they jumped the ball, they, they defeated the ball, right? They defeated death. And so they had this aspect of like, man, we know that they were sent from God because they defeated death. And that's what the resurrection is all about, right? That Jesus' uh, victory over death. Right? And, and, and now because he has victory over death, we, by default, inherit victory over death as we place our faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us there in 1 Corinthians 15:35. it says, But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of, and what kind of body? Now, we don't know exactly uh, what kind of body you know, we're going to have. Uh, we don't know exactly what that's going to be like. But we know that, that, that our resurrected bodies are going to be similar to, to, to that of the Lord's the Bible tells us again in 1 John 3, 2, it says, Beloved, we are the children of God and it has not appeared as, it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. But we know that when He appears, meaning when Christ appears, we shall be like Him for we shall, we shall see Him as He is. And then Paul writes there in Philippians 3, 2, and 1, he says, Christ will transform our lowly bodies that, that it may be conformed to His glorious body. And so we see that and again, again, as Jesus appeared to him, he had this glorified body, right? And, w- and we too are promised this glorified body at the resurrection. This body who's going to be able to, to, to live on for all eternity, not just the spirit, right? But the actual physical body. Now notice that Jesus was in, the, in his glorified body, but yet he still bore the marks of the crucifixion. We were going through the book of Revelation on Sunday mornings, and, and uh, last couple Sundays ago, we studied, uh, we just studied chapter five. And there in Revelation chapter five, we're told that, that, that John he, he gets his vision of, of, of the Lamb, right, of 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 Christ there in heaven. And it says this in Revelation five, six and seven it says, And I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain. And so this is amazing because even even as Jesus is already resurrected, right, he promised us a perfect body, no scars, no <laughs> cuts. No, uh, I mean no, no defects, no default. You know, but it's going to be perfect. But yeah, he himself is going to forever bear the marks of the crucifixion. When when G, when John saw him there in heaven, he says he described him as a lamb, a lamb who had been slain. Meaning, you know, went over this a couple of weeks ago. Meaning, butchered. Man, he's like, man, I saw Jesus, and he looked like an animal that was violently butchered to death. And this is amazing because for all of us, man, when we're in heaven, we're gonna for all eternity have these glorified perfect bodies and a million years into eternity we're going to look at each other and we're still going to be in our perfect glorified bodies and we're going to be able to look at the Lord and see Him in His butchered uh, 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 lamb who had been slain body, right? Jesus is forever going to carry the marks of the crucifixion. And so for all eternity we're going to be able to look at the the Lord and, and, and remember what He did for us on that cross. Now, Jesus says to them, as the Father sent me, I also send you. Then He breathed on them and he, and he said Receive the Holy Spirit Now So now that That they have seen And believed He gives them a mission Alright You saw me and You believe He says alright Now the work has to continue Right He, he gives them a mission and, and it's always in that order Right You don't get the mission From the Lord And then you believe And then you see You know, it's always you know, when, when, when the Lord Captivates our heart when we, when we When we believe in Him When we you know Receive what it is That He has for us That, that gets to salvation that moment that we come to believe, and then he says, Alright, here's your mission. All right? It's always in that order. First the belief and then the mission. Not the mission and the belief. Right? The, the doing for God and then believing, that's religion. But, but the believing in God and then doing, that's relationship. Because we see that for us as Christians, anything that, that we do for God stems out of a, 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 this relationship that we have with God. Right? It, it's a fruit. It's a fruit. That what we do for God is a byproduct of our relationship with Him. And so we're told that he breathes on Him and then they receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is amazing because they're in the in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, we're told in Genesis 2 7 that as as God as God made all these things, right? He made the heavens, he made the earth, he made uh, the animals, and then he makes man. And then we're told that, that, that God breathes uh, in, uh, life into Adam, right? He breathes on him and he receives life. Now and now we see that God is breathing spurred to life into man. Right? First, he breathed physical life into man, and now Jesus is breathing spiritual life into man, and he's empowering them for the task of being his ambassadors. This is what we know as the as a, as a baptism of the Holy Spirit, the the upon experience of the Holy Spirit, and this is what we celebrate today. And, and like I said earlier, every day, every day, the freedom that is offered to us through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, right, it should be something that 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 uh, that that we. That we think about, that we celebrate, that we uh, are thankful for every single day, right? Because because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, uh, now you know we have this relationship between between us and God that, that we can now have, and and we receive this free gift of salvation. The Bible tells us in Second Corinthians five twenty one. It says, "For God made him who you knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him." And now the Bible tells us this in 1 Timothy 2.5, 2, uh, 2, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. I'm not your mediator. You know, we can't go to, to, to another person to mediate on our behalf with God, but, but Jesus, the Bible says, hey, there's one mediator between God and men. That's Jesus Christ, right? And all of us have that free access to the, to the Lord, to God, through Jesus Christ and through what He did on the cross for us. And, and this, is the, this is the story of the Bible, Right, that from the very beginning, this separation came in, came into our lives. we were created to have this one this oneness with God, this fellowship with God. But because of sin, sin, sin brought in the separation from God. Now, everything that happened before the before the the resurrection, before the crucifixion, led up to that moment. Right? And we could read about it in the book of Exodus, all throughout the Old Testament. These hints, the hints at, at this at this 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 restore, this restoration that was to come, and that's what happened at the cross. That when Jesus died on the cross. He restored sinful humanity to holy God. Right? And the Bible says that, that if we if we confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, He say, hey man, you're restored. You're saved. That relationship is restored. Right? And, and that's what we celebrate today, the, the resurrection of Jesus. Because if Jesus didn't resurrect from the dead, then you know, we could throw this book out the window. We could do whatever you want with your life and it wouldn't matter. Nothing would matter. Right? This, all these... All these Bible studies, uh, uh, I mean, this book wouldn't even be worth reading, right? Man, firewood. But because Jesus was raised from the dead, right? Because, because you know, he, he, he defeated death, you know, then uh, He gives us life now as well, right? And, and, and as we again, we're, we're death defeaters now as well, right? And we could inherit those beautiful promises that He has for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, awesome. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for sending your Son to die on the cross for us, Lord.